It's so good to uh, worship our God with all of you, because um, God is among us, and uh, He is working among us. So last week, through the preaching of Proverbs, we know that we live in a fallen world, with a lot of sinners. They are trying to entice people to do evil with them. To satisfy their sinful desires, as the people of God, when we face such temptations, God wants us to have wisdom, to fear God, to flee from temptation, and to seek our protection and rest in Jesus Christ, who does not covet unjust gain, but is Himself very generous, even to the point to give Himself. Uh, as our、uh, sacrifice on the cross,、Amen. evil is so real in this world, and wisdom is so good to protect us from evil temptations. However, wisdom is not the only thing we need before evils, for God also wants us to be salt and light in darkness. To be witness of Christ and His gospel, so that those who are in bondage to sin can hear the gospel and be delivered from darkness into light. In order to be salt and light, we need not only wisdom from God, but also courage from God, with which the light of Christ may shine through us into the darkness of this fallen world. Today we are going to study Job,、uh, Joshua chapter one, verse one to nine. Through these passages, let's think about the courage we need in our witnesses to God's truth and glory. In this text, we are going to find out that this courage comes from God's promise, and only when we respond God's promise with faith can we have this courage produced in us. That we may obey God's word boldly before evils and fulfill God's mission for us. I will read the text in Chinese first, and then in English. Please listen to the word of God. Shengjing Yeshua Ji, 第一章一节。耶和华的仆人摩西死了以后，耶和华小谕摩西的帮手嫩的儿子约书亚说：“我的仆人摩西死了。”现在你要起来，和众百姓过约旦河，往我所要赐给以色列人的地去。凡你们脚掌所踏之地，我都照着我所应许摩西的话赐给你们了。从旷野和这黎巴嫩，直到幼发拉底大河，赫人的全地，又到大海日落之处，都要做你们的境界。你平生的日子，必无一人能在你面前站立得住。我怎样与摩西同在？也必照样与你同在，我必不撇下你，也不丢弃你。你当刚强壮胆，因为你必使这百姓承受那地为业，就是我向他们列祖起誓应许赐给他们的地。只要刚强，大大壮胆，谨守遵行我仆人摩西所吩咐你的一切律法，不可偏离左右，使你无论往哪里去都可以顺利。这律法书不可离开你的口，总要昼夜思想。好使你谨守遵行这书上所写的一一切话，如此你的道路就可以亨通，凡事顺利。我岂没有吩咐你吗
，你当刚强壮胆，不要惧怕，也不要惊慌，因为你无论往哪里去，耶和华你的神必与你同在。After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, "Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise." Go over this Jordan, you and all its people, into the land that I am giving are、uh, giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will given I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river of Euphrates, and the land of Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Please join me in prayer. Father, thank you. Give us、uh, your word to、uh, encourage us. Please、uh, work、uh, among us and in us through your Holy Spirit, that we may understand your word better and that we may、uh, live out your word in our lives as your、uh, witness. Uh, in Jesus' name, Amen. So I'm going to、uh, divide this passage into three parts. The first part is verse one and verse two. It tells that God gave a mission to Joshua. The second part is from verse three to verse five. It tells that God gave three promises to Joshua. And the third part is from verse six to verse nine. It tells that God gave a commandment to Joshua. So one mission, three promises, and one commandment. Let's start from the、uh, first part. God gave a mission to Joshua. In the beginning of the book of Joshua, it said that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. This beginning connects closely to the end of the book of Deuteronomy, where Moses' death was recorded there. Moses was a very important figure in Israel's history, for God called Moses to lead Israel people out of Egypt. And when Israel people left Egypt, Moses continued to、uh, lead them in the wilderness as the servant of the Lord. But Moses died right before Israel people entered into the land of Canaan. Who's going to lead Israel people now? And God's deliverance for Israel people was not only to lead them out of Egypt, but also to help them possess the land of Canaan, which was promised to them by God for many generations since Abraham. Though now Moses died, 
God's promise to Israel people would not be stopped. God would continue to fulfill His promise to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give the land to Israel people. For God is the one who gave the promise. He is also the one who is going to fulfill it. So after the death of Moses, God chose another leader for Israel people to lead them into the promised land. The new leader was Moses' assistant, son of Nun, Joshua. God sp- spoke to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all these people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. Here we see that God gave a mission to Joshua. God made Joshua Israel's new leader, led him to lead Israel people into the promised land. This was a mission with a very heavy burden because this mission was about the fulfillment of God's promise, the future of all Israel people, and also there are many challenges in this mission. So under this burden, Joshua knew that he could not undertake this mission by himself. Though Joshua was a brave soldier, Joshua led Israel people to fight against Amalek, and he killed Amalek king and his soldiers with his sword before. Joshua used to be Moses' assistant for a long time, and very possibly, he had always been preparing himself to take Moses' position one day. Though when Moses sent 12 spies into the land of Canaan, only Joshua and Caleb came back with faith to conquer the land. And though the first disobedient generation of Israel people had almost died in the wilderness, and the second generation had already grown up in faith, this was still a mission that Joshua felt his insufficiency to undertake it, and even felt afraid about it. Here it can be seen that man cannot rely on his own ability, experience, position, or his relationship with other people to fulfill God's mission. And when we try to rely on these things, we will still find our insufficiency. Just as it is said in Psalms 33, 16 to 17, that the king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war house is a false hope for salvation, and by its great might, it cannot rescue. And God fully knew the fear in Joshua's heart. So after giving the mission to Joshua, immediately God gave promises to strengthen him. Now we come to the second part of this uh, passage. God gave three promises to Joshua. From verse 3 to verse 5, we see these three promises. Verse 3 and verse 4 gave a promise about the land. In verse 3, God mentioned Moses again. God reminded Joshua his promise to Moses. And this promise in verse 4 was dated back to God's promise to Abraham in Genesis. Because the territory of the land promised to Abraham in Genesis was mentioned here again. God wanted Joshua to realize that the land of Canaan was not promised to Israel people from today, but from the time of Abraham. 
as a faithful God, it was Him who kept this promise to un, to, the, to those ancestors of Israel people until now. And now, this faithful God would use you, Joshua, to lead Israel people to the land of Canaan to fulfill His promise. So Joshua, as Israel's new leader, he needed not to be burdened with the goal to conquer the land by himself. For God was going to fulfill his promise to Israel people. Here it can also be seen that Israel's possessing of Canaan was not relying on their military conquest, but relying on God's faithful promise. Just as a commentator said that God had already given Israel the land, land they have yet to touch. It is as though Israel already possessed legal title to the land ever since Abraham's day. But they were awaiting God's timing for actual possession. God is faithful. He's going to fulfill his promise to Israel. In verse 5, there are two other personal promises from God to Joshua. In the first part of verse 5, God gave Joshua the second promise that no man shall be able to stand before him all the days of his life. This promise was, a special, uh, was special, God's special mercy and care for Joshua, the new leader of Israel, who's going to face many challenges. Outside Israel, Joshua faced with many enemies from the land of Canaan. And inside Israel, he needed to face and lead the second generation of those disobedient first generation of Israel people. So Joshua, as Israel's new leader, was faced with challenges from both outside and inside. But God, in his omniscience and goodness, he promised Joshua that no one shall be able to stand before him all the days of his life. What a relief for Joshua in his new leadership role. Today, if you are new in a leadership role, you will understand the special meaning of this promise better. God knows everything, and He is such a good God that He encourages all His servants with His promise. In the second part of verse 5, God gave Joshua the third promise, which was the most important one in the three promises. God said to Joshua, Just as I was Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. If the first two promises relieved Joshua from his burden and challenges as Israel's new leader, this third promise totally released and empowered him in his new position. God's loving presence means everything. Authority, power, and all kinds of blessings. When Moses was the leader of Israel people, it was God's loving presence that made him be able to confront Pharaoh, lead Israel people out of Egypt, cross the Red Sea. It was because of God's loving presence that Moses could receive God's law and deliver them to Israel people. It was also because of God's loving presence that Israel people were sustained by God in the wilderness for 40 years. Just as it is said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 4, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank 
from the spiritual rock that follow them, and the rock was Christ, who is the Son of God. So it can be seen that God's loving presence is the origin of all spiritual blessings for God's people, because in God's loving presence, God gave Himself to His people. For any servant of the Lord, God's loving presence is the biggest promise, encouragement, joy, and satisfaction. We need to understand this. We need to hold firm this in case any other secondary things keep our focus away from God and from enjoying His、uh, loving presence. Till now, we have seen all the three promises given to Joshua by God. God used these promises to encourage and empower Joshua, to draw him to God Himself, so that Joshua shall not be heavy laden and rely on himself in this mission, but joyfully rely on God and obey the following commandments from God. Now we come to the third part of this passage. God gave a commandment to Joshua. After giving promises to Joshua. God gave one commandment to him. God commanded Joshua to be strong and courageous. This one commandment repeated three times in verse six, seven, and nine. In these repetitions, God explained this commandment to Joshua in three ways. First, in verse six, God told Joshua the reason for this commandment. For you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Here it can be seen that God's chosen leader must have courage in their fulfillment of God's mission. Today we may talk about different elements that a godly leader needs in his leadership role. We will emphasize theology, love, gifts, wisdom, and humility. All these are good and important for a godly leader, but sometimes we neglect the character of courage, because we tend to assume that godly leaders are born with courage. However, through this passage, we find out that godly leaders are not born with courage. They need to gain their courage from God's promise as they follow God to fulfill their mission, and the courage from God. Comes from God's promise received with faith. This can be seen from Israel's first time of spying the, the land of Canaan. At that time, Moses sent twelve spies to collect information from the land of Canaan. When the spies came back, lo, they all thought that the land was terrific. Ten of them said to Israel people, "We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are." This made Israel people fear before their enemies, and that generation, except Joshua and Caleb, all died in the wilderness, unable to enter into the land of Canaan. Later in the New Testament, God revealed Israel people's deeper spiritual problem in Hebrews, as it is said. So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. So unbelief leads to fear, but faith in God's promise. Produces courage, and courage, but not fear, help helps your mission from God. After explaining the reason for the commandment, God continued to show Joshua the embodiment of the commandment. 
Verse 7 said, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. Here we see that the embodiment of courage for a godly leader is to obey God's law in everything he does, including leading others to obey God's law. One divine purpose behind God's promise to Joshua was to give him courage to obey God's law. Because obeying God's law is the way to keep God's presence, and with whom Joshua and Israel people would have good success wherever they go. And today, for godly leaders, they also need to obey God's word first in their lives, and then lead others to obey God's word. Here, we are really grateful for you all, Grace Church. Though Fang Zhou and I have joined Grace Church for only five months, we witness how the leaders of, the Grace, of Grace Church try their best to obey God's word in every way of their lives, as well as lead others to obey God's word. And we have also seen how members of, the, of Grace Church respond your leaders with love and obedience. Thanks for your love for God's word and your examples of obedience. That's our encouragement. And when God's people obey God's word together, God will give them good success wherever they go. Here we need to explain more about this success given by God. Some people conclude from this text that if they obey God's word, God will give them a successful life especially a financially successful life, just as what the prosperity gospel teaches. However, according to the context of this passage, it can be seen that when God's people obey God's word, it's not that they will have worldly success, but they are going to have success in God's mission for us, for them. And in order to fulfill God's mission, God's people may experience persecution or loss in their lives. From worldly perspective, they may be failures or losers, but from God's perspective, those who are persecuted and lose earthly benefits in obeying God's word are truly successful. Amen. Therefore, we should not take obeying God's word as the way to worldly success, but as a way to have success in God's mission for us. And then in verse 8, God continued to instruct Joshua how to obey God's word, God's law. The way is to read God's law, reread it constantly, and meditate it day and night. We know that God's law is his revealed word to us, to, for us to obey. 2 Timothy 3.16 said that, All scripture is brought out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that a man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. When we constantly read and meditate on God's word, we will keep close relationship with God, be more sensitive to His Spirit's guidance, and know how to apply His word in our lives. On the country, if we do not read and meditate on God's word constantly, we will feel unfamiliar with God's word, and consequently, we will not know how to respond to life situations with God's word. Right. At last, in verse 9, 
God emphasized the commandment to be strong and courageous to Joshua the third time, and reminded him of God's promise of His loving presence again. From this, we see the importance of the awareness of God's presence. It is the foundation of our strength and our courage. And without it, we shall be frightened and dismayed in our mission from God. Now, after going through the passage, we have seen the mission, promises, and commandments given to Joshua by God. In order to fulfill his mission, Joshua needed to gain courage from God's promises to obey God's law, and Joshua's courage produced from God's promise only received with faith. Well, Joshua, Israel's new leader, his mission was to lead Israel people into an earthly promised land. Today, we have a better leader and a better promise. That is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who through his death, resurrection, and ascension is going to lead us into heaven. Brothers and sisters, Canaan is a tape of heaven, where is the final destination of all the saints of God. And Jesus now is preparing room for us in heaven, as he said to his disciples before he went to the cross. So, brothers and sisters, we have a better promise than Israel people did as they were trying to conquer the land of Canaan. And if an earthly promise could produce courage when they received it with faith, God's promise of heaven to us should produce even stronger courage in us as we received it in, with faith in Jesus Christ. Therefore, brothers and sisters, as we are sojourning in this fallen world, we should have courage before death Satan, evils, and sufferings. For we know that our Lord Jesus Christ has entered into heaven and he is waiting for us there. After death, we will go to him immediately and to be with him forever. This is our hope. This is our courage comes from uh, God's promise when we received it with faith. So, in the end, let's apply the courage we've gained from this passage to each one of our lives today. First, the courage from God's promise in Christ helps us face the most frightening one, that is, God himself. Here we need to know that the most frightening one Israel people were faced was not Pharaoh's army behind them. It was not the lack of their living necessities in the wilderness. It was also not their Canaanese enemies before them. Because it is God. But, but, but it is God. Because God is holy and righteous and all-powerful. This holy and righteous and all-powerful God, He threw Pharaoh's army into the sea. This all-powerful God, he provided for Israel people when they were in the wilderness for 40 years. I can't imagine if God stopped providing for them even for one day. And it is this all-powerful God. His promise make, made the people, the inhabitants of Canaan hearts melt away before Israel people. 
And this God is not only all-powerful; He is also holy and righteous, which is the most frightening thing for all sinners. This can be seen from Israel people's reaction to God when God descended on Mount Sinai to give His law to them. When God descended on Mount Sinai, Israel people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpets and the mountain smoking. They were afraid and trembled. They stood far off and said to Moses, "You speak to us, and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die." Here, though Israel people stood far off from God, they dare not listen to the voice of God. Because God's holy and powerful voice in His law made them realize their sin, and they knew that God's judgment for sin is death. So they asked Moses to be their mediator between God and them, lest they would die. So Moses served as mediator between Israel people and God. Brothers and sisters, we need to know that the most frightening one for a sinner to meet. Is this totally holy, righteous, and all-powerful God? No sinners have courage to stand before Him without God's chosen mediator. As God chose Moses to be Israel's mediator before Him, today God gave Jesus Christ to be our mediator before Him, and Jesus is a better mediator than Moses for sinners, because He is the Son of God who is totally innocent. This innocent Jesus died on the cross for sinners like you and I, you and I, offering Himself to God as a perfect sacrifice, that God's wrath against our sin could be propitiated, that we could face this most frightening God in Him, and we are in a better place than Israel people were, for with Moses as their mediator, they still stood far off from God. They don't want to、uh, go too close to God, but with Jesus as our mediator, we have courage to draw near and behold the glory of God. So, brothers and sisters, let us constantly seek God and go to Him with courage, because this is our privilege redeemed by Christ through His perfect sacrifice on the cross, and this should be our first priority, because in everything we enjoy. God is most enjoyable, dear friends. If you have not put your trust in Jesus yet, today God's promise in Jesus is also for you. Jesus is your way to escape from God's holy wrath. Jesus is your way to come near to God, and God, the Creator of heaven and earth, the Judge of all men, calls you back to Himself through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, friends. Be wise. Put your trust in Jesus Christ. Escape from God's judgment. Come back to God through Jesus Christ. Second, the courage from God's promise builds our sense of security on God and His Word. As human beings, except fearing God, we have many other fears in our lives, and most of those fears come to us. In the form of sufferings, such as illness, losing loved ones, losing job, falling into financial crisis, broken relationship, natural disaster, war, all these things can take away our sense of security and raise fears in us. 
If we are controlled by these fears, our hearts will start to doubt about God's love for us. Then we will turn away from God and seek our security from other creation, but not our Creator. However, we will find out that the sense of security provided by creation cannot last long. They are transient and unreliable. So, brothers and sisters, when sufferings come, do not be afraid, but take courage from God's promise for us. Seek our security from God and His Word, that we may experience, that we may experience victory over sufferings, and we may witness God's love, care, goodness, and providence in our sufferings. And we know from God's Word that one day God will take us back. To our heavenly home, where there is no suffering or tears at all. Finally, we need courage from God's promise in our mission to follow Jesus as His witnesses, to share the gospel with those who do not know Jesus yet. According to today's passage, first we need to know that there are both. Difference and similarity between Joshua's mission and ours. The difference is that Joshua was trying to lead Israel people into the land of Canaan through military conquest, but we are trying to invite people into rest in Jesus Christ, and ultimately into heaven through the proclamation of gospel. Our weapon is not military weapon, but the word of God and the power of the gospel. And the similarity is that both Joshua and we need courage to face those idols worshipped by unbelievers. In Joshua's day, Canaanites worshipped many idols. Some of them even gave their children to offer to them to Molech. Because of the idol worship, Scripture said that even the land became unclean. And such rampant idol worship caused God's judgment upon the land of Canaan. Today, in our world, no one would offer their children to Malek, but some people will choose to abort their children, that they may live a prosperous life themselves. And in pursuing prosperous life, many parents pay a lot of attention to their children's education. They want their children to gain a prosper, prosperous life through academic success. Here, I want to clarify that there is nothing wrong to pay attention to education or living a prosperous life. But what's wrong is that people are trying to worship money as they, as their idol, as they are pursuing prosperous life. And idol worship will bring both darkness and hostility towards God in one's life. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate. Hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So, brothers and sisters, as we try to bring the light of the gospel to this darkness, as we are facing those people who are hostile to God, we need courage from God, from God's promise, so that we can, in our hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always being prepared to make defense to anyone who asks us for a reason for the hope that is in us, yet do it with gentleness and respect.
Today, as we are trying to share the gospel with our neighbors, God's promise of His presence with Joshua is also His promise to us. As Jesus said in Matthew 28, 20, And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. May our glorious God in Christ Jesus, through His Holy Spirit, grant us the courage we need to fulfill our mission from God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you because you are such a good God. Give us promises to strengthen us in this fallen world. And please help us with your word and your Holy Spirit so that we can fulfill our mission from you. And your name may be glorified among us. In Jesus' name, amen.